How do multifamily owners retain renters and increase net operating income? Well, we're on a journey to find out. You're listening to Amenitize or Die, tactics and strategies from the front lines of multifamily. I'm your host, Scott Patterson, Marine Corps veteran and founder of Tumble Smart Laundry on the mission to increase NOI through your shared laundry rooms. Today, we have Anthony Gant on the show, who's founder and CEO of At Ease, a rental platform for taking the stress out of moving for military service members and government employees. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Great. Uh, so can you, tell, tell us your story, right? Like, um, I feel like not a lot of people understand the PCS process um, or, or, you know, how bad it is usually. Um, and you particularly have an interesting story around that. So go, go ahead and let, tell, tell everyone. All right, Scott, for your listeners who are not familiar with how the Department of Defense does relocation of its personnel, uh, we'll start with a quick little story of what a PCS is, permanent change of station, which says, hey, we're going to tell you if you're single or you and your family, if you have one, exactly where you're going to go every two or three years. So imagine you just get this email or this paperwork that just says, stop, you're no longer going to live here, pick everything up and move across the country or across the globe and do it really, really fast. Sometimes within a week, sometimes they give you a couple of months to plan that out. Um, That happened to me in 2018, Scott. And I was moving from Virginia to Texas. I thought I was going to be working at the Pentagon. They're like, no, 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 no. You're going to San Diego. No, 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 no. You're going to actually go to Austin, Texas. And I was like, guys, I don't care where you send me. Just hurry up and let me know so I can start planning things out. Well, they didn't. I had less than 45 days to find a place to live. I have a big family, a wife and six kids. And we were trying to figure out, okay, wherever they move us, we're not staying in a hotel between finding a a long-term place to stay, whether we buy or rent. And we decided to go to uh, one of those platforms that has vacation rentals. Everybody likes to call them Airbnbs. Um, I like to call them short-term rentals. We went there, booked the place until we closed on our home, only to well, find so, out. So during that, like, what was the time span that you were looking for at that point? Was it like 30 days? In terms days? of renting? Or, uh, yeah. I was just looking for 10 to 15 days. Right. And it turned into something even crazier, right? For me, it, it, it would have, but I, I kind of bought a house site unseen. Most people, it does turn into something crazy. Um, it's typically a 30 to 60 day, sometimes 90 day wait. Right. So we're almost out of short term rentals and into like medium term at this point. Absolutely. Um, And there's an article I'll share with you after this for your readers to uh, take into consideration. Um, The average wait time is six to 12 months. So you can have a medium term or a long term lease where people are still waiting to get on base. Um, So it's a lot of opportunity for those who are trying to figure out how to get more occupancy in their units. Right. And so, so you were looking for a spot and you ended up, where, where did you end up? I ended up short term finding a place on Airbnb and then long term purchasing. Right. But it was, there's a story there for that Airbnb. <laughs> there's a huge story there. I ended up not getting reimbursed. <laughs> I, get, yeah. uh, I found out that the government, uh, federal government, uh, has a regulation for all employees to, hey, you can't use Airbnb and VRBO and other sites that do vacation rentals, short-term rentals. And 
I found out the hard way that was not getting $1,200 back. And that kind of led me down a rabbit hole of like, I'll create a company which can solve that for government employees. Yeah. But I mean, and, and like insult to injury, right? This was like a one, two bedroom place where you jammed like, you know, the eight of you into this thing, right? For the short term rental? No. Yeah. It was no, much better. Okay. It's Texas. It. it was a five bedroom home <laughs> with a pool. And like a a half an acre backyard, fire pit, hammock, everything. The salt to injury is it was only a hundred dollars a day. If I would have jammed my family into that that one bedroom, two bedroom hotel or whatever, it would have cost two hundred and forty dollars a day. So I saved all of our taxpayers a hundred and forty dollars a day, reduced the cost like a good person is supposed to do. I should be a politician or a president because I actually have fiscal responsibility in mind. And um, I like, I won't say anything else, but uh, I saved a lot of money for the government, for taxpayers, only to be slapped in the face to say, we don't care how much you think you saved, we're not giving you anything back. So actually I saved you all of your money because I had to pocket all of it. Right. And otherwise, like you're paying $240 a night to quite literally have eight people in one or two bedrooms, which is just like, that that's not even feasible. Right. So exactly. So that's the origin story. Uh, you got out of it, you got into a house and you started developing at ease. So what was that process like? Uh, it was a unique process. I was still active duty while doing it. And I had to be very creative as to when I could start the company. So most people who like to play video games or work on their car as a hobby. My hobby was starting a company. So I did it at nights and on weekends. And then while still being active duty, I was fortunate to kind of ask questions using my rank to kind of figure out how this can work. And then I got invited to Washington, D.C. by mistake because I was saying we should change the regulations. And instead of changing the regulations, they're like, who are you asking all these questions? Come visit us. And I was like, oh, crap. So I took off my rank, went as a civilian so I wouldn't get pounded. And uh, it was actually a beneficial trip for me where they were like, hey, you were asking a lot of questions. Why? And I told them my story. And it's like, hmm, if somebody kind of figured this out, I can see this being a very viable solution for us. And I was like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I just wanted to change the regulations. You're talking about there's an opportunity to make money? <laughs> <laughs> And I just jumped on this thing called entrepreneurship. I was fortunate, Scott, to be in Austin. And are you familiar with Bunker Labs? Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm a part of Bunker Labs, I believe. Okay. So I, I was told by this friend of mine, he was like, go to Bunker Labs. And I was like, I don't know where it's at. What street is it on? And then, you know, it was like this community that veterans have to learn how to create businesses as an entrepreneur. Uh, got involved with that and things just started to snowball into the opportunity to like, hey, this is how you create a company. You are a tech platform. I didn't even know it was like you're a tech startup. I was just like, I just want to start a business. I don't know what that is. Do I need an LLC? And uh, they helped me out with understanding and cultivating what it was to start a business. And I mean, and also like you're you're a major in the Marine Corps at this point in, right. in Austin. Um, you know, I, I feel like that part of the story isn't 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 I've, I've heard you tell a story a million times. This is like your, your story is one of my favorite stories, right? So, but here you are a major in the Marine Corps and you know, they're expecting you to jam your entire family in these two bedrooms. Like imagine 
the enlisted member who's moving across the country or, you know, I mean, the military has a, a couple million people in it, right? Yeah. And very regularly, I think, what what's the stats on PCS? How many families tr- transfer every year? Total service uh, employees, members, and families that transfer every year is half a million. So half about a, a third million. of the entire service, yep, yeah. every year. Right. So here you, I, you know, and we're talking about saving 50% fifty percent of the budget to do that <laughs> through a simple platform. So instead of spending five billion, they'll spend only two and a half. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that speaks volumes for itself, right? So it does. Um, so I, how did you get the government? Like, you, you take this meeting, you go. Mm-hmm. How do you? How did you become the? one who is able to kind of change the policy and become the platform to actually get these properties uh, vetted and okayed for reimbursement? So the policies didn't change. Uh, they stayed the same and they're, they're even getting more, more, uh, more stricter or stricter. What I did during that meeting was I was fortunate because of all the departments that exist, Department of Justice, Department of Treasury, Department of State, DOD, their leadership or their personnel that make the travel regulations along with the GSA were in the same room. So I just went over and shook hands and, and talked to people and asked them, like, how do you do it? How do they do it? What's going on here? And that relationship that I built in 2019 was able to carry me forward to, like, aha, this is how you do it. In terms of looking at the inspection process, it's really just identifying are these properties in a good condition? Like think about class A properties, like they have all the amenities of like uh, making life better, but they also have all of the safety features in place to make sure life is safe. So I took that as the like, the, the baseline are like, okay, we want to look at the safety features and then we want to look at the comfort features. Right. So um, we're talking, I mean, do normal PCSing members uh, come with furniture or like? Oh, no, what? not at all. Yeah. So <laughs> people who are relocated in the military get their stuff packed up into a truck either by the government or they do it themselves, do it yourself move. And they are trying to figure it out, just traveling across country, across the globe. Those who have the government pack their stuff up, they have no access to their furniture, no access to their clothes. They're given a soup. They're told to take a suitcase and plan for a couple of days to live out of that suitcase, usually like 10 to 15. In actuality, it's like three to six months. And... There are so many opportunities for people who have units that are fully furnished to capitalize on this this traffic, not just the military, but think about the State Department too, um, USAID and all these the, the FEMA folks that are traveling. FEMA is a really good uh, example uh, when you have the kids who are being separated from their family for the immigration situation along the border. Those individuals had to take care of their kids were government employees who couldn't stay at hotels. Because as you know, this was like, it went from a few months to a couple of years. So now yeah. you're not going to live at a hotel. So so much opportunity. They come with nothing. 
to, to your point, Scott. They, they, they're just looking for a place that's fully furnished, has the amenities of a, a place to live and be comfortable. And then they were hoping that it has cable and lights and water that runs and turns on and it's hot. Well, and it, it's like vetted government employees, right? Like exactly. You're, you're not talking about like the random Joe Schmo who's there for three days, you know, to go party up and wherever. Like, or the, this the is bachelorette like, group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is a vetted, you know, professionally tied, you know, I mean, this is, these are people with secret clearances, top secret clearance. I mean, this is like ideally the people that you would want to rent to, right? Yes. It's one of the best set of travelers. Not only do you want to rent to them because they're vetted, um, but they also are coming in for work. So imagine someone who's not going to be in a property doing a lot of wear and tear. Or like you said, the guy who's coming in or the group of folks who are coming in to party, bachelor, bachelorette parties, or trying to celebrate a birthday or something like that. They're coming in like, hey, I'm being relocated or I'm coming here to work. And the time frame that they usually come into the property, if we're talking about short-term basis, it's like Sunday to Friday, right? They're coming in Sunday night and they're checking out Friday morning. So you don't have to worry about like, how do I fill that, that void of getting weekly travelers? If we're talking about the more midterm stays where they're coming in for the 30, 90, 180 days, the three to six month type of periods, now you have a consistent person who you don't have to wonder if they're going to pay you because some people don't like to do six months up front, so they're doing a month to month. They're giving you the government's money. They're like, it's not my money. Like the government told me to be here. Here you go. And you don't have to kind of negotiate the cost. You tell them what the cost is. If it fits within that budget that they're given, they just pay it. Um, Then the other thing is, if you have something broken in your property, more likely than not, they're trying to fix it. And I have to tell them, they'll email me like, hey, Anthony, I noticed the dryer vent is disconnected. I'm going to go ahead. I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. <laughs> Call the property manager. Let them come into the property. So it's a, it's a really good guess. It's a, a responsible guess. And it's a, a guaranteed paying guess. And then lastly, it's more, let's see, what's the right word? It is inflation recession and virus proof right. people tra- uh, government travel during the recessions government still will travel during inflations and they traveled a whole lot during covid so there's yeah. a lot of uh resistance to like not being there to, to, to do what they have to do so i well, one of one of the craziest things about this story is just the epic amount of hustle that you put into this company um can you can you just share a little bit about you going and banging on some doors? <laughs> I bang on a lot of doors. I'm banging on doors right now. Um, <laughs> so it depends. If we're talking about government employees, I, I've knocked on a lot of doors, called a lot of people. Um, in terms of hustle and how I got some insight into the business, I've written letters to people's houses, like the founders of Home Away. Um, I've written letters to Mark Cuban. I've written letters to VC. I mean, to their house. <laughs> and, uh, and then I've been fortunate to meet a couple of these guys and say, Hey man, I got your letter. I'm like, why didn't you respond? <laughs> <laughs> what about um, the supply side? The supply side, uh, knocking on a lot of doors there. I find out cause you, it's funny when you go in apartments, you can see who has the key and who has the keypad. Um, so I'll figure out if it's Sunder or the Guild or Lyric, all these companies that used to exist. And I would go to their office and just bang on the door and walk in and the secretary's trying to kick me out. And I'm like, no, no, I need to talk to the founder. I got to talk to your CEO. Um, so I've done that a lot. And, uh, 
vacation rental management uh, association that is an association around short-term rental folks. I've gone to those conferences and I just talk to anyone and everyone and I'll, I'll yell out like a Marine and, and people like that stuff. I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, thank you for your service. So <clears throat> a lot of hustling and bustling. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So I'm, I'm PCS and I'm moving my wait list at the, at Camp Pendleton is six months long. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm trying to go to, uh, I don't know, Oceanside or something. Mm-hmm. So what, what does it look like on, on Addie's? What are, what am I looking for? What do I get to see? Well, that's a great question. You'll get to see what other folks see when they go to Airbnb, when they go to VRBO. Uh, but you'll see a property that's been inspected and vetted. You'll get to see a property that uh, someone from our team, i.e. me, has actually gone to and visited. Um, before this show started, uh, you asked me where am I today. I'm in Houston, Texas. And um, we have a mutual person that can validate to this. I was driving while talking to them earlier because I was going to a property doing inspections. And then I went to another property while we were still on the phone doing inspections. So I was knocking on doors today. Um, so if the person is looking for something at Oceanside, they'll be able to find a property. The, the problem right now is Oceanside is beautiful. You and I have been there before. So we're competing against those vacation travelers. So the quicker or sooner someone can kind of go to the platform and make their reservations and kind of plan ahead, the better it is because these properties that we have are still getting booked on other channels. Right. So I, I had a conversation. Uh, we we worked with a company, um, multifamily, you know, big big uh, military housing company, mm-hmm. and this is one of the things we talked about. Right, was like, hey, how do like how do we solve kind of this crisis that's going on that is costing the government <laughs> a lot of money right now? Um, what 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 do you think the profile of housing and and kind of like the answer to some of these sort of supply side problems what are what are some of the stories and complaints that you hear from these people every day so one of the complaints is you have the ones coming inbound and outbound um the people who are getting off base are trying to stay as long as possible because they don't want to have to live in the hotel before they move and the people who are coming in town are trying to get in somewhere as soon as possible so they don't have to live in a hotel. One of the ways that this can be solved is if we had uh, multifamily units, um, people that you work with who were open to the idea of letting some of their uh, inventory serve as a short-term rental basis um, to where we can take the outbound people, put them in those units, um, temporarily and then the inbound ones can go straight into base housing or vice versa the inbound going to those short-term run and the thing they should think about is their management is focused on doing the the lease as a traditional lease right but there's an opportunity to kind of make more money and more more revenue if they did like a rev share with a property management company that had the understanding of how to turn these properties over on a short-term basis or a corporate housing style basis while still keeping some of that inventory for traditional leases. Cause I guarantee most of them are not at hundred percent occupancy. They're probably around 65, 70%, but that extra inventory can kind of be furnished and used to generate more revenue on a more consistent basis, especially around the basis like a Camp Pendleton or a Fort Bragg or Fort Bliss and things of that nature. 
Um, the complaints that we're hearing is the things that we have that are approved isn't the right property. It doesn't have a kitchen. It doesn't have a stove. It doesn't have a refrigerator. Families that are relocating are looking for ways to kind of cut the cost, especially with the way it looks now with inflation. Gas is up. Groceries are up. So they're kind of like, how can you expect me to stay in a hotel, pay hotel costs, and then eat three times a day or twice a day, right, at the meal rates that you have to get when you're out of town, and then to stay in shape while I'm eating all of this Wendy's and McDonald's and Burger King three times a day and Chick-fil-A. So having a place to stay and buy your own groceries and cook and then still have a gym facility, sit around a pool, it kind of de-stresses the individual and it puts them at ease so that when they check in or check out, they'll be ready to go. Yeah. yeah. I love the, the little plug in there. Um, <laughs> and it's always easy to find you, right? Like uh, all I hear is at ease and it's like, oh, wait, no, Anthony's here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so if, Say, say I was I was developing something in one of these sort of areas around military bases. Mm-hmm. You know what what would be the amenity profile for something like this? Like we're starting to see related companies just built a short term Airbnb focused tower mm-hmm. in Miami. I mean, is there a an opportunity for a, a military version of that? Absolutely. Um, and think I think about Orlando and how like they do their apartment complexes for like a Marriott or or whatever the the, the companies are out in Orlando where they have these homes, these apartments, right. these condos. If we look at the traditional, uh, what is the one that everybody hates doing the the, the, the timeshare? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those apartments are nice, but they're they're in the wrong place. You put you don't have to necessarily have a timeshare, but you have that same type of model near military, and you make it a work play live uh, yeah work play live type of facility. And here's why I say work play live. The live part is for those who see the property, they get to test drive it, and then they might move into it. Then the other part about that is if you have the place where you can work, the military spouses who have companies because a lot of them are entrepreneurial absolutely they can work out of that property temporarily or if they go and sign a permanent lease and then play a lot of them come with kids they're looking for amenities for pets that is one of the biggest things that i look for so many military personnel especially those who serve in combat have service animals and pets that just help them through everyday life and a lot of uh short-term rental op- uh, uh, operators don't like pets but a lot of military personnel have pets, two dogs, three dogs, and whatnot. Then the other thing is looking at the breed restriction. Um, you're not going to ask a Marine to have no toy poodle. He's coming in with a Rottweiler or a pit bull or a German Shepherd, right? Um, maybe in the Navy they have toy poodles. But I, I, have a, I, have, I have a short-haired pointer, so he's, <laughs> he's, you know, he's not a he's he's 75 pounds though. I mean, he's. I'm talking not about a, a toy poodle dog. that's eight pounds, like <laughs> seven pound dogs. Uh, I'm yeah. just ragging on this uh, one Navy person I know that has a little dog. <laughs> uh, but those are some of the things that you can kind of think about. That tower that they're building in Miami, it makes sense. It's Miami. That's where I'm right. from. I know how it is. But when you start looking around places that are always going to have a uh, the ability to generate revenue, creating those type of towers or those type of properties near military bases is going to be a significant win from the, whoever the developer is, and then getting the right management company that understands how to operate this is going to be even more profound than your traditional rental uh, management companies. Because sometimes a traditional manager only thinks one way and they're like, we don't allow Airbnb. Well, whoa, whoa, 
That's the company in San Francisco. We're talking about short-term occupancy, corporate housing management, not the company in San Francisco. So you have to distinguish between the two when people talk about them. I mean, I, I do think that more and more people are, are becoming open to these ideas, right? Because it's always it's always a balancing act of you know what what the NOI is on that property, absolutely right and you know some of these places like Fort Bragg uh, I can't imagine Fort Bragg is a huge vacation area or like uh, Camp Lejeune right which like literally you have to fly on a little teeny bird <laughs> out to like the middle of nowhere um, right so so I, I I like that you brought those two locations up because in actuality there's a uh, report that came out of military.com on August 5th of this year, where more than 1,000 Fort Bragg soldiers are displaced after surprise decisions to evacuate old Modi barracks, uh, military.com, right? So that's a thousand, 1,000 soldiers who are, they're displacing. They're, you know, they don't have enough barracks on base for that. No. And they, they most definitely don't have enough uh, housing out in town for it. So a situation like this where the government will put people up and allow them to stay until they figure it out, which is going to take years, is a, a huge opportunity. You get two Marines in a two-bedroom apartment, and you charge each of them the full rate. Whether it's the full rate, whether it's $45 a night for each person or $100 a night for each person, you just double the re- NOI, um, your return on investment, right? Um, opposite of NOI. But now you you just like, oh, I just made this one unit pay me twice. Right. And you can do that for so many people on a continual basis. Uh, and it's, it's a profound amount of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like also a lot of these military bases are not in, I mean, there are a few like Pendleton and, um, you know, others. There's uh, Air Force Base McDill, I think mm-hmm. that's down in Tampa. 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 Yeah. So there are a few. And then there's like DC, right, which has all sorts of military folks around there and it's super expensive but a lot of the military bases are not in these sort of densely highly vacation places um so it, it you know if you it, there's almost like a whole business model here where you do nothing but sort of serve this mid-term rental market right yeah so you said lejeune um now, if you talk about top sale, they do have the vacation rentals at the beach out there, but we're talking about Jacksonville, North Carolina proper with Camp Lejeune. What they do have are schools upon schools upon schools. And you, there are only three hotels on the approved list <laughs> in all of uh, Onslow County. I call them Onslow County um, that the DOD approves. And then it's like, hey, go find a place to stay on base. But as you and I know, the base facilities that occupy people are always booked out because right. that's one of the largest Marine Corps bases on the East Coast. I think it is the largest on the East Coast. Right. Um, so folks are like trying to figure it out, stand in these old moldy barracks and things of that nature, when in actuality, they should be staying in places that are more suitable for living, not even just like for like to be accountable, just to live because you and I know how some of these barracks are. Well, I've only ever lived in a barracks, right? Like I... Uh... I, I, I didn't become a staff sergeant until I was pretty much on my way out. So, um, I've, I've lived, uh, the barracks life many a time. Uh, honestly, <laughs> a lot of the shared, the shared laundry stories comes from, uh, mm, from the sense. barracks. So <laughs> yeah, um, I, I could, I could tell you stories about Okinawa, Japan and, 
uh, Camp Pendleton and uh, Lejeune as well of uh, of just really kind of wild, <laughs> wild uh, barracks. That I've been, I've also yeah. been in some very nice ones. I was in one in Twenty Nine Palms. That was uh, uh, yeah, super, built super a nice one. Yeah, well, I, I, it was an air wing barracks that I got put up in. They, <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't give it to the infantry, but uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So, if I'm short, you know, if I if I am looking, like, obviously, we've talked about the business case here, right? Mm-hmm. What What does it take, you know, to get on the Addy's platform? How do we get a hold of you? What does that look like? All right, so um, several ways. You can have my phone number, 512-434-0109. Um, there you go. That's it's on the internet. I know, it's on the internet. Call me. The <laughs> other way is uh, email. It's uh, info at pcsatease.com. Uh, that's PCS Papa Charlie Sierra at ease. And the other, the third method is we do have a landing page out there where people can sign up. And if you go to the platform, there's a subscription offer. The reason I say all of that is because we see different types of people coming to the platform where they might not have the proper property management system or a channel management system to easily integrate with us. These are for the folks who not, might not have the right systems or the systems that we're integrated with today get a hold of us. If you have a system that we're integrated with, it's typically going to be a short-term rental operator or a hotel um, from a direct API integration, they can just go on and switch it. So if you have people that are listening to your show that use Reynolds United, Booking Pal, NextPack, Derbysoft, we're integrated with those channels today. And then we have a trajectory for integrating with more. We just have to get more of a development team in place to kind of keep bringing these integrations on that we have in place. Um, the other process, like I said, with the folks who are calling, texting, emailing, um, and things of that nature, we're going to get on a demo call, walk them through what at ease is, let them know what the inspection process is like, and then kind of take it from there. It's a little bit more time that goes into it because we have to ensure that the person is not a criminal. Uh, we have to make sure that the, 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 the person managing the property is a legitimate business. That's one of the reasons that the government doesn't allow the other platforms. It's like, hey, who's this host? Like, we're not telling you. I'm like, I'm going to tell you whoever the host is because we don't want to support terrorists. We don't want to support human traffickers. We don't want to support the mafia and and gang organizations. That's the the, the basis around like who's on your platform. So we're doing due diligence and identifying, hey, are you a legitimate company? Are you a legitimate operator to do this business? Because of the people we're putting in there. We're putting in people like us, uh, me, you, Erica, right? We don't want our military folks and government employees to be subjected to that. And then we inspect the property and make sure it has the right features. And it's not in like those neighborhoods where... As soon as I park my car, it's like, give me all your money. <laughs> so, so what what are safe. some of the, so kind of like last question, like wrapping mm-hmm. up here, like what, what are some of the objections that you hear when you, when you go pitch some of these, uh, you want to hear the worst one I had? I don't yeah, want absolutely. to support the military. Oh, okay. And I was like, freedom is yours. You're welcome. That um, can't be typical though. I mean, like what's, what's some of the more <laughs> typical ones? It depends on where you're talking. It's typical in some cities and some states. Um, the, the typical one is uh, you're too new for us. You know, we don't know who you are. Uh, are you in my market already? I'm like, no, I'm trying to get in your market. That's why I'm talking to you. Um, or we just don't do that type of business. Um, 
that's from the manager's risk. Oh, I already, I'm already a hundred percent occupied. I, I, yeah. I'm doing good on, on VRBO and Airbnb. I'm like, all right, were you doing good during COVID? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, great. I mean, well, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I think that this, this midterm rental spot, like this midterm rental space, I think is actually very interesting, right? It's not just military. It's not just oh, PCSC not. families. It's travel nurses. It's um, educators, first, res- first responders. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, overall, like, right, there's a l- huge lack of housing across the board, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, I think uh, NAA just came out, so we have to build like 4 million apartments in the next 10 years or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and that is just for, for typical residential, like not even sort of like, these sort of very, it's not even niche. I mean, you can't even call it niche. We're talking about millions of people. It's not niche. Millions of people. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. um, Really, really fantastic job on, on what you're doing, putting the hustle in. Um, You know, I, I think it's going to be hugely successful. I think you're going to get bought by Airbnb eventually. Um, So uh, really congratulations. and, And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Amenitize or Die. We'll see you next time.